Welcome back to another episode of the RAG Report podcast, my daily bulletin show where I bring to you recruitment owners, recruitment advisors, suppliers, even investors to the global industry who are prepared to give up their time to talk about the latest news, events, what's going on in the world of recruitment as we all come out of this COVID-19 lockdown, hopefully um, for the better in the next, in the next few months. Um, today, I'm excited to be joined by Richard Bartlett, who's one of the founders and director of operations of Consult Energy. Um, these guys are in the UK, Europe, and the US. Um, Richard is a guy I've known for a, for a while. We've been in talks and been talking about getting him on the, the original RAG podcast mm. for ages. We just never managed to do it. Maybe because yeah. he was in Birmingham and London's too far away. I don't know. But yeah, now, now we're on uh, Zoom, it's a lot easier. So um, before I get into the story of Richard, a little word from our sponsor, Rise Recruitment Ventures. You may have heard me talk about these guys now, uh, but they're, they're, they're everywhere right now. These guys are an investment business looking to take the opportunity right now to help startups and newly, newly early stage recruitment businesses uh, and help them grow and scale and exit. So John and Alex did it before 10 years, sold for over 20 million, and they know what it takes to get to the point where you can successfully sell a scaled organization. So if you've got the plans in the future to do that, um, and you don't know if you, you might not need uh, too much capital, but you definitely want support expertise to build the world-class infrastructure it will take to get there, then, then reach out to these guys. And you can do that via www.riserv.co.uk. Right, back to the show. Richard, welcome to The Rag Report. Thanks for having me, Sean. Pleasure to be here. No worries, mate. On a, on a really sunny Friday afternoon, you've given up your time to talk to me. So I feel privileged. Well, as I've mentioned to you off air, you've kind of, helped me through many of my runs recently so it's only fair to return the favor and hopefully i can help someone through something at some point over the next few months yeah, you know what i think i think if it wasn't for, i used to probably be the commuter guy that would help people commute only once a week but i definitely think yeah. that uh, the, the days where we're in the office it was definitely the thing people listen to the most was podcasts on commute now it's most people it's walking the dog or running so um <laughs> I, I, I don't listen to these back when I'm doing it. I can't, I don't know. I listen to them back usually the evening of the episode okay. just to check I've not made any, any errors and stuff and um, pick out some good stuff for social media, but I don't listen to it back the next day running. My, um, at the minute I'm listening to Jobs' audio book, uh, Steve Jobs' oh, okay. 25 hours long. Mate, I, I got bought that book a few years ago and it's one of those that you really want it and then you see the size of it and you think, ah, Actually, you know I, what? Know, I know how it ends. So I'm, I'm, really yeah, I'm pretty bored right now because he's only at university or college and it's really technical and I don't know, I'm not enjoying it that much. So I'm hoping, I'm, I'm going to fight through it because he's not even started Apple yet. So it's got to get good at that point. Yeah. Uh, but no, I'm not, uh, I've not got any, I've not got many podcasts I'm listening to right now, apart from uh, obviously recording one every day. But Rich, um, in, in true Rag Report style, first question, paint the picture for the listeners. What is your life like right now? It's hectic. Um, it's 100 miles an hour. It's trying to be three things at any one point. So, you know, I'm a dad of two young girls and so we've got a busy house. Uh, at some point, one of them will probably walk in and, and say hello because every time I'm on a video call, they, you know, it's, it's like they sniff it out from the other side yeah, of the house and, and <laughs> they'll, they'll come in. Um, I'm trying to figure out just what our new normal looks like. I'm trying to figure out if what we ever had was fit for purpose. Uh, I think the, the opportunity yeah. that any business now has is the chance to review. Uh, in recruitment, it's always nonstop and you only judge things based on, I mean, look, this might be different for other businesses, but for us, 
if it's not broke, then why should you try and fix it? If the, if the revenue is being done, if the deals are being done, you never really need to analyze what Joe blogs might want to do or could do, or, you know, if they're hitting certain KPIs, whatever that might be, you know, or if they're getting in front of enough clients and everything seems to be working, you never need to lift the bonnet and look under it. Yeah. But now this opportunity that this crisis has created has, has really allowed us to, to look at, I suppose, hold the mirror up to ourselves and go, right, what do we want to be? as a business are we happy with where we are and if we're not then how are we going to change that is it doing more of the stuff that we've done already or is it changing our business to be something else and we had a, a title meeting this morning it's the first time we've ever done something like that and it was all over zoom and it was brilliant because not only did it give myself and my, my co-director kevin some clarity on what the, the new ecosystem of our business looks like but we got some real buying from the consultants who themselves are sat there scratching their head, not knowing if they're coming or going. And there's certain questions that we just don't know the answer to. No one. How many, how many people have you got in the business now? We had 17 before we, we closed the doors. And the, the task that Kevin and I set ourselves was to make sure we return with 17 people. Right. As long as those 17 people wanted to be in the business. Now we, we had, um, we lost one member of staff. Um, weirdly, we, we, we asked them to come back off furlough and their reaction was just, was terrible. Yeah. You know, it, it was a, a case of, uh, is it still really hard? Can, can we give it a month? And it's like, well, no, we can't give it a month. You know, we've had some, some tragedies for our staff. Um, you know, a couple of staff members have, have, have lost parents and it's yeah. just been a horrific experience to, to manage. But we've held the mirror up to ourselves and gone, right, is this what we want to be as, as a business? Where, what can we become? And we've created a bit of a, we've called it a, a 2020s playbook because I, I don't think any changes you make now can be reactionary to the, to the situation. I think it's got to react to what you want to be as a business. So for us, it's what do we look like over the next decade? And I've always said that we want to be the agency of next week, not last week. And sometimes that's just hot air. So, you know, we, we've had the chance to really make some, some changes to personnel within our business and, and pivot their responsibilities. Um, and yeah, we, we're now in a position where we've got people, we've got a, a media, a brand, a marketing executive, sorry. We've never had that before. You know, we, we've worked with companies that have helped us, but we've never had somebody in-house doing it. And you know what? If someone's going to represent your brand and do, do you know, push out all the good stuff that the, 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 the various social platforms allowed you to push out, then they've got to live in the business a bit. They've got to understand the, the DNA of what makes the business. We've, we've, we've created, um, it's yet to be given a title really, but um, someone to be a career manager. And I don't know if it's something I heard on one of your podcasts, um, but too often, in, in fact, it, Pete Sanders, who I listened to last week, I thought yeah, yeah. was brilliant when coming at um, this part of the business from, from this angle. The amount of times candidates come into our business, we place them once and then we never see or hear from them again yeah, yeah. Is, is crazy. The amount of times that whether we want to or not, but the amount of times a client gets put on a pedestal and a candidate is, is a bit kind of, it's just a requirement for there and then. If they're good for the job, amazing, let's get them forward for an interview. If they're not, then it's, well, you know, maybe I'll pass across again in the future we've created a role now where someone's responsibility is purely based around developing individuals' careers. And that's, that's a trilateral approach, right? So it's the colleagues in our business, but it's also the candidates that pass through our door, you know, metaphorically. And what impact do we leave on them? 
And if it's a negative one, then we will lose the opportunity to work with, with, with that candidate again. And for us, sure, because, because we specialise in the energy sector, it's quite niche. Mm. Uh, okay, listen, the energy sector is huge, right? But the areas we specialise in within the energy sector, utilities and renewables, it's a bit incestuous. Yeah. You know, th- there's only so many people in the country that know how to do certain skills within, within those sectors. So our brand is everything. And I wouldn't want it any other way, really. I, I, I want people to work with us because at some point they had a good dealing with us, whether that was we worked the job for them and we didn't place it, whether it was they had an interview and they didn't get it, but they still walk away thinking, you know what, like, yeah, I want to work with that agency because there's so many of us out there. Yeah, there's so choice. You can't, you, can't, you can't just turn up when, when you're placing a candidate. Can we go back a bit then and just tell us a bit more about the business? Pre-COVID, like, what did the organisation look like? How old are you? What, what, how many people? Like, how do you structure what you do in the market, etc.? Okay, so we started October two thousand and nine, and we and I was the first seven years, pretty much six and a half years. We were a generic IT agency, hmm. and we had some good consultants, and we had some good clients, and we were like, we were never going to become the best IT agency on our street, let alone in Birmingham or the West yeah, Midlands. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we fell into utilities. We started working with a company called Midcounts Cooperative who set up an energy business and we recruited maybe 60 jobs for them over the course of a year. And we thought we're onto something here. We started doing some analysis around the market and there wasn't a huge amount of companies that specialized just in it. So we, we flipped the business pretty much over the course of a weekend and we started focusing on, on utilities. Um, We've built that now to be a business that works with, on last count, it was just over 200 clients in the utility space. Now, it's coincided with quite a bit of growth in that sector, a lot of new players, new entrants, but it is quite a volatile sector as well. There's lots of businesses over the last couple of years that have gone out of business, unfortunately. And it becomes, it's hard when there's only so many clients you can get candidates to, and only so many candidates in the market. When you lose, you know, even 2% of your market because a business goes out of business, that can have a, a, a big impact. So we started 18 months ago looking at the US. Um, a lot of you know great news stories coming from the US around recruiting. I'm sure you've heard lots of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we had a, a, a guy that had been working with us for almost five years at that point that, that wanted to do it. And interesting story, really. Um, and it's, it's the weirdest bit of internal recruitment we've ever done. Um, about five years ago, a guy approached me and said, I've just overheard a conversation in a toilet. And I was like, oh, okay. And he went, yeah, um, this guy was talking to the, the security guard saying he's looking for a new job. Now, I knew at the time there was another recruitment agency in the building. And I knew that they had two offices. And one of the offices was just a meeting room almost. So, well, a, a number of meeting rooms. And there was always someone on the graduate scheme that was sat managing the meeting rooms. And this guy, Will Vampoo, was that guy. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and speak to him. So I walked in, there was no one else in the room. I said, listen, we're upstairs. I know you want to do a recruitment job where you're more hands-on you know, with the clients. Give me a call. And now six and a half years later, he's booking flights to the States and he's, he's, a, he, he's a director of our US business. Wow. So for us, that's a brilliant success story. Um, and he's, he's done phenomenally well. And actually, January was the best month he's had by a country mile. Have they gone to the US already or are they doing it from Birmingham? They're doing it from Birmingham. Um, you know, we do the East Coast, so the time difference is, you know, you can manage it quite easily. 
we've moved another guy across um, from the UK to the US and we've recruited a, um, a delivery manager to do the, 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 the candidate side of it. And he starts um, Monday. So he's going to start remotely. Um, and the plan was in August, they would be in Boston in an office. And I had a, a brilliant week planned in Boston. You know, I'd, I'd almost booked the flights. I was going to go and look at apartments for them, get the WeWork sorted. And, and yeah, and that's not happening now, is it? So um, he's just pushed it back a, a few months. Well, it's still is it still the plan? Yeah, yeah. We, we are next week putting in for his visa um, okay. because the E1, E2 visas, you can still get them, but it just takes a little bit longer. So we've got the US which has had a bit, bit of an impact on the success of the UK. Um, we are now in a position where so we had 17 people and that looks like a couple of account managers, a couple of delivery people, six, seven salespeople across the two territories and then some back office. So I came off the tools probably 18 months ago uh, and just concentrating on, on doing the operations because there's a lot to do. And trying to split it between myself and Kevin, my, my co-founder, we were just, we were just rubbish at both, both things. We were rubbish at sales because we were trying to do ops and we were rubbish at ops because we were trying to fill jobs. So yeah. we made a decision to kind of like draw a line in the sand and go, right, you're doing operations. I, I miss it. I do miss doing the sales. And there's been times during this pandemic where, you know, I've, I've been itching, you know, I've, I've put my neck on the line and said, right, I'm getting on the phones. I'm getting back on the phones. And actually my time is better spent away from the cold face and, and, and still making sure the business is ticking over. Um, one of the things I've started, um, maybe you inspired me, maybe you didn't, I don't know. I'll give you some credit though. I've started a podcast um, called the next 12. And the reason we started that was because there was, there wasn't, there was a lot of noise on LinkedIn, but nothing coming from the energy sector, nothing, yeah. no positivity or optimism coming from the energy sector. And it was an opportunity to get clients on the phone and talk to them about their experience and why we called it the next 12 was because we'd say what are you doing over the next or we say sorry because we're still doing it what are you doing over the next 12 hours you know are you running are you training what what does it look like what's happening for you over the next 12 weeks and then what do you think the energy sector looks like over the next 12 months and it's been great okay, clever. Know, it's been really really good the the response from our market has been has been fantastic a quick interruption of the episode to bring to you a message from our second sponsor, which is Odro. Odro, as most of you probably know, is the world's most powerful all-in-one video interview platform for recruiters. Used by thousands of recruiters worldwide and with some of the industry's biggest names amongst its client base, Odro is a video interview platform. It was developed specifically to help agencies increase their revenues. The most innovative solution on the market, Odro's software helps recruiters to engage more talent, reduce time to hire, and most importantly, it helps you win business. You'll even get the ROI back from investing in Odro within just 45 days. It's designed to benefit everyone in the process. So from recruiters to clients to candidates, Odro's platform is improving the hiring process one interview at a time. We chose to partner with Odro because we felt like both brands, Hoxo and Odro, were in such a clear alignment in the way that we approach everything we do and how passionate we are about helping this industry grow. If you want to find out more about how Odro can help your agency transform its process and win more business, win exclusivity and drive revenue, then click the link on the podcast notes and every social post that goes out and they will, you will get a call back by one of the Odro guys. They're, they are awesome and I'm sure they'll be able to offer some amazing value to your business. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. 
it's been really, really good. The, the response from our market has been, has been fantastic. And people, I don't know, you'll have more examples of, of this than me, but people are just so much more open. Yeah. It's not, you know, when you do a sales call, they want to get you off the phone as quickly as possible, or you've got a limited amount of time. But with a, with a podcast, you ask the right questions and, and people want to help. And they're, you, they're, so. they're getting brand awareness for themselves. They're sharing, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're helping. There's, there's, there's reasons for it. But yeah, you're right. It's, it, ultimately, it's the best business development you can do, isn't it? It's, uh, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, it's, it's the best form of business development you can do because you can spend time trying to cold call people all day. But you send yeah. a message inviting someone onto a podcast, especially when it gets some listeners and you've got a bit of attraction in there it's even easier right when i first started getting people on to be honest I, when i started doing the rag obviously i'd already been banging out on linkedin for a year and a half two years anyway so it wasn't for me content wise was it was just another piece of content and but i didn't realize how powerful it would be until it, it got going um and actually i've said it many times that it's my favorite thing to do like, if i could choose one job in the whole of hoxo if i could choose one thing and say that's your job it'd be it'd be a podcast like, it's my favorite because it, it it plays to the same that whole you know i loved the thing i loved about recruitment the thing i love about sales is the one-to-one -one interaction it's speaking to people it's finding out about them yeah. and, and i'm trying to I, I just try and like everything you're saying now is going on in is creating just massive pictures in my head and i'm trying to work it out myself um so I love it. Um, but in terms of the roles you recruit in energy, is it front, front to back or is it just tech or how do you, how do you break that down? Uh, so we, we have three skill sets we, we recruit for and it's, and I mean, they could be defined in a number of ways, but it, it's data, it's project, and it's operations. Right. And it's a, on a permanent and a contract basis. So we don't dual desk. Each consultant has, you know, a discipline that they, they look after. Um, data on, could, well, could be anything from a hedging analyst through to an analytics manager, operations um is more kind of your back office so uh, yeah, it's 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 quite it's really different in in utilities and it's quite it's quite wide sometimes the roles you have to recruit because the clients that we recruit for there's no consistency over the size so you might be a british gas one day and it might be a startup the next day and the startup operations person needs to wear 15 different hats and yeah. the person at British Gas needs to wear one and, and never shall they even look at another hat. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and, but they're, they're all white collar roles and we look at some of the relationships we've got now and, and there's, there's loads of opportunities for us to go into different areas within, within the businesses. And I think the quandary, I guess we have on a daily basis is you know, as soon as you get a consultant to look after three or four skill sets, they're no longer a specialist. And there's only so many candidates you need to have a network with. And there's only so many clients you need to work with to, to have a, a successful career as a recruitment consultant. Um, so there will be additional skill sets perhaps that we add. Certainly when we start venturing more into renewables, that'll happen. And, and by doing that in the US, we work in roles over there that we've never done in the UK. Mm -hmm. And the long-term plan um, with the European piece is, it's just to really work off the, the back of the relationships that we build. So the US clients we work with, there are so many of them that are based in Europe and in the UK. Well, it's, it's a much easier intro call when you, you've placed four or five people in, in a different territory. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's always, it's always been for us data operations and, and projects. That so you're, going in, grow. you're going into, you said you've had one of your best months in January ever. You're going into lockdown with 16, 17 people. You've got, you know, you've got a plan to, well, no, let's forget lockdown. You, you're going into March with a plan to move to Boston. You've got it all booked. Yeah. Take us through what, what, the, what the hit was like for you. How did it all unfold? 
Um, we, I went to Cheltenham when the Cheltenham Festival yeah. was on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I remember thinking... You're the reason it does work. You're the reason it, it, it sweats yeah, across the country. May probably, yeah. I, I, you know, and I, I've been to Cheltenham for the last few years. I'm not, I don't really like horse racing, if I'm honest. But it's, it's the only day every year that I get to spend just with my dad. Yeah. And we, we jump, and my uncle is there as well. And we, we jump on a coach at Aston University, which is in Birmingham City Centre. We're, having, we're all having breakfast together, a few beers on the way down. And it's becoming like a, a bit of a funny tradition. Yeah. And I remember the day before going, I'm not going. Uh, you know, I'm just not going. It's not worth the risk. And I was like, you know what? No bollocks to that because it wasn't anywhere near what it is now, right? Yeah. And I thought, I'm not going to let the, the, the slim chance of something happening have an impact on what could be the last time I go to chat with my dad. Um, so I, I, I went and looking back now, it was ridiculous. I didn't enjoy the day because, you know, people are like, I'm dodging thousands of people. You know, people are pissed up, falling on each other, and I'm trying to stay out of the way. And you just can't relax anyway. Was it um, was it quite like um, what was the atmosphere? Was people were people clearly a bit worried when they were there? No, no, no. not at all. If you've never been, go. It's brilliant. It's like a it's like a, um, a festival. You go to, to Royal Ascot, but I've not been to Cheltenham. I've not been to, to Royal Ascot. I, I imagine Cheltenham's a, a, a bit more yeah. kind of a, a piss up. But you go into a beer tent. I don't think my uncle and my dad ever go down to the track. No. You just you sit in a beer tent, like, and when I say beer tent, there's a band on. There's probably three thousand people in there, and everyone's just going crazy to the band that are playing Oasis and what have you. Amazing, and every, every like twenty five minutes, the race is on the screen, and you see a load of people cheer and a load of people chuck their, their tickets in the air. So I got back from 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 that, and that was a Thursday, and we had a um, a trial work from day home, work from home day. Sorry, on the Monday, and we all got you know we all logged onto our. our um, we use our drone actually, so we have we, we call it the consult hub. So we were logged on to a video call, and about two hours into that, Kevin and I just sat down and said, "Let's just call this now. Let's just tell everyone they're working from home." And we did that, and then Boris um, came out in the evening and said, "You know, like the country's on lockdown basically," and then it was just trying to figure out how we could get our business through this. As I said earlier, looking the same way it looked when we went into it. Well, so you is surely though is slightly protected because of the yeah yeah so 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 the sector we, we recruited for is is protected you know that there's some absolute heroes still working and have been working for for, for for months you know in utilities because it can't stop you know we wouldn't be able to do this podcast if it, if it wasn't for the utilities people right um, but what it did have is it it had massive logistical headaches for the companies because they also had to get everyone working from home. So if we're working with clients and some, I know this because I spoke to directors of businesses, some directors were driving around like the, the day after with a, with a hundred laptops in, the, in their boot because no one had laptops and yeah. nothing was, was, was set up for them to work from home. Um, but it just meant a load of our roles. Like overnight just went on hold. Yeah. I think we've done, three perm placements over the last seven weeks and it's that's that number is usually more like 15 so but we also use it as an opportunity to try and make our business a bit leaner so we we managed to reduce the running costs we, we made a few decisions um around staff numbers and the hours they did so we reduced everyone's hours down to 80 percent quite quickly and we did so we basically did five four days across five and then the furlough thing kicked in. It was like, well, this is this is an absolute godsend because we've already got people down to 80%. So a number of people that were sat there twiddling their thumbs were just put on furlough, you know, email. How do you decide who goes on furlough and who doesn't? 
um, we only kept one um, back office member of staff and everyone else that wasn't sales went on furlough yeah. because we still wanted to protect our brand during this time and the opportunity to, to push them, you know, who we are and what we do out to people. And also from a human element, just make sure we were talking to our clients and candidates, making sure that they were all right. Well, we couldn't do that on furlough. So we had to, you know, and we had to protect the brand through, through, through the pandemic. So we that's where just, I think that, sorry to stop you there, but that is yeah, definitely, I think that is definitely a byproduct some businesses are going to feel. They financially were protected by using furlough, like save their ass in some instances, but the brand will take a hit because no one's been on the front line. No one's, oh, been, yeah. on the phone, no one's been engaging. You know, hopefully they've had marketing. Because if you've had no marketing and all your team are on furlough, you've basically disappeared. For yeah, oh, God, God to totally, yeah. So, so anything that you've built is now slowly unravelling at a time when some one of your clients is probably sat there going, well, John hasn't called me. John, you know, John hasn't called me to see if I'm all right. Um, and John sat at home furloughed, knowing he can't pick up, pick up the phone. So it's, we put together very quickly a, a survive, revive, thrive plan, because we also acknowledge that it's not, you're not going to get an email on Friday afternoon going, all right, Sean, everything's fine. Come back to the office Monday, life's back to normal. So there had to be a bit in the middle. So the survive bit was how do we, how do we prepare for what could be a six month dip how do we get through that what does that look like and the revive bit is a step back to normality so we've been we pushed everyone's hours up to 90 percent. we brought a couple of people back into the business um so a couple of delivery consultants uh, that marketing person's coming back on on monday um because we know we need to ramp it up a bit so when the thrive does kick in whether it's a, a uv you know shake the session or what we're there and people you know, we, we know what our new roles are, we, we're motoring and we're able to fill roles. It started to pick up already. You know, we, we had a client called 10 Jobs in yesterday, which is brilliant. Okay. We got a, um, a US retainer agreed. So that added a, a few quid onto the, uh, into the, you know, the, the US figures, which is, which is great. And I think that's the one thing that the US business has done really well. Will only deals with exclusive jobs and retain jobs. That's it. You know, he's, and I think the UK business have, has fallen into the trap of just taking whatever is given to them at times. And I think that will be something that we try and address when we get back because... You'll have to wind back. I get why in this instance, like, uh, I think everyone has been a bit, had to be flexible with people. Oh, yeah, totally, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've, even my business, we've had to be flexible on rates and payment terms and all sorts that we weren't before. We didn't need to be, but from a human level, I'm like, you just got to do it. Um, totally. But moving forward you've got to wind that back fast you can't keep that if you keep in the into the in the covid mindset forever you'll never get your business back to where it was oh God, no. um so the u.s business has managed to maintain that that straight line yeah the, the u.s it, we, the guy that we've got be, coming on board to be the delivery manager we had to have a tricky conversation with him because he was meant to start in March. Mm. Unfortunately, the place he was handing his notice into, they let him stay on for a few moments, which was an absolute godsend because he, he's now starting next week and, you know, it's, it's not impacting him financially at all. And we haven't lost him. You know, he's a guy that's been doing delivery work for the last four years. So, and he's footloose, fancy free, no wife, um, no kids, wants to move to the States. Like, it's really hard to find those people. So, We've been fortunate to get him on on, on board and, and and well, we've been fortunate that the, the the delay of his start date hasn't had a massive detrimental impact on him. But the US business, I don't know, it's interesting, right? If you watch what the media tell you, 
the US is, is a very unstable country and, uh, and I don't agree with some of the decisions that have been made by, by whether it be Trump or, or the governors from state to state. However, it has meant that there's been a, a more of an attitude to just get past it and get on with, with the economy than there has been in the UK. Yeah. Whether that's the right or wrong choice, you know, we'll, we'll be able to assess that in a year's time or so. So it's meant a lot of clients are still being recruiting for, um, for Will's patch. So he's, he, he pulled a half a million pound salaried role the other day, well, half a million uh, dollar salaried role the other day on a, on a retained basis. And so stuff is still happening. And also there's only one of him. So it is, we took him back. What we did at the time, rather than furlough him and mothball the US business, we said, well, you know what? Come back to the UK. We'll pay your wages. So, you know, your P&L isn't affected. We'll pay your wages. You do eight till two on the UK and then you do two till eight on the US. And he was like, brilliant, I'm going to do that. So his overheads are like 500 quid a month for the US at the moment. So we decided quite early on that the group was going to make sure that both parts of, of, the, of the group got through it rather than, you know, one standby whilst the other suffered. Um, Makes sense. What, what would, um, what, what, what would be the main things then you're looking to evolve or change in the new world? Like you talked about, you mentioned it a bit at the beginning of the conversation, but like, you know, you're doing this exercise now to really think yeah. like how, how are we, and I, I really like the phrase like we're fitter. Like I don't, I don't think I'd ever really heard it before. Toby Babb said it on here. And it really made me think, you know what, that's a word that makes sense human like for yourself, but it really makes sense for your business, like to be fitter in the new world. So what, what, how, are you, how is Consult Energy going to be fitter in the new world? What, what's changing? So a phrase that came out of our town hall meeting this morning is we want everybody to be a cog and not an island. Okay. Because I think in recruitment, too often people can be islands. And sometimes people revel in it, right? I, I've been, I've played that role a number of times in, in, my, in my career. But now... The list of things that consultants need to do is getting longer and longer, you know, and, and Kevin and I have been guilty of telling people, right, get out on LinkedIn, do this, do that, add that, do a podcast. Why is no one doing Zoom calls? Oh, make sure you're on the phone. And when you step back and go, well, we wouldn't be able to do that when we were consultants. Yeah, we might have made 20 calls a day and we might have done a load of candidate contacts and, and, and deals, but we wouldn't be able to put quality content out on top of arranging podcasts and doing, you know, Zoom or Audro calls. Um, it's, it's, it's now about looking at each individual and the ecosystem we have and how they can help each other be successful. So, so fitter for us means that everyone has a bit more accountability of the process. So we now have what was once seen as, as a 360 consultant in our business will probably now be called something like maybe a relationship manager and they'll have their patch and their patch will be 60 clients and they'll, they'll be tasked to go and find three people in each one of those clients that can work with them. And then their job is to make those people fall in love with them because it's not just about, in my opinion and Kevin's opinion now, recruitment isn't just about transactional deals. It's not about wine and dine someone to try and do one bit of business once a year, which sometimes may not happen. So what other values can we add? So that, that part we spoke about, about being a career consultancy, well, how can we live and breathe that? What does that look like? And I've spoken to lots of candidates over the last few months that are getting, are getting a service from a, a consultancy that don't do recruitment. They just help people that are going through redundancies. And, and actually, it's, it's, that's what every consultant does anyway. We don't charge for it. But yeah. you know, you, you'll know from doing your, your time in recruitment, you'll help people rewrite CVs. You'll help people with interview advice. And, and there's businesses out there that are doing really well just charging for that service. 
Now, the heartbeat of our business is still going to be transactional deals. But if we've got a relationship, what more value can we add to the clients and candidates around that, that relationship? So is that career consultancy? Is that, you know, I, I think, and the more I think about it, I, I think it's something it will, it will incorporate. I think podcasts are a brilliant way to showcase candidates. Mm. I've already done a podcast with a candidate who's looking for a new job. And I'm going to push that out to a number of clients directly that will be interested in these details because what's the worst that can happen? The worst that can happen is no one listens to it and it's just good content that that candidate can benefit from. If they listen to it and they like him, and then they see his CV and then they see a video interview. All of a sudden we've offered a service that I don't know that anyone else does out there. Around the audio, the audio CV. I yeah. Totally. Before we went into lockdown, we run a mentoring scheme in utilities and we were looking at how we can utilize that mentoring scheme for the good of the candidates that we place in a business. So that might look like me placing a candidate with you, Sean, and at the end of month one, finding out what Josephine blogs is good at and what she's not good at, and then partnering her with someone in the mentoring scheme. So you, you're getting free learning and development and personal development for the people within your business. I just think too often now, you know, if you look at the cycle of someone's career, recruitment companies have the opportunity to touch most points in that cycle. And yeah. they, only pick to, they only choose to pick a couple. Well, I, I think you only, like, if you look at the sector, we only monetize one, eh, one transaction in so yeah. many, like, it's mental. If you look at a lawyer and they, they were like, right, well, we do divorce law, we do, I don't know, employment law, and we do, I don't know, uh, I don't know, I can't even think of a dispute. Yeah, wills, yeah. Let's just say, well, we only charge for one. We do the rest for free. It's like, what? Like, it wouldn't make sense. Whereas we look at recruitment, recruitment is a process. The, 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 the hiring selection bit is only part of a recruitment process. Search is a part, selection, interviews, onboarding, all of that is. And I also think as well, like when you've got so much data, candidate data, we don't monetize that data. Like, I know you're not, I don't know if it's, someone told me it's illegal for someone to pay to get a job. Um, so you couldn't like charge people to then get the job, but you, why can't you charge people or, or build a really value added service to, to the, to the active job market? Do you know the people that come in on job boards and you look at them and you go, I can't fucking place you. Yeah. yeah. Let's be honest. We fucking see them all the time. You know, like, I'm not going to place them. What can, why can't you place them? What's wrong with them? And how can you offer a service to them that right now, if hiring managers aren't, haven't got jobs, then you've got to take your, turn your fucking ship towards the people that are desperate and look and not, not for a, you can't just charge them and say, right, well, I'm going to charge you all hundred pound for nothing. But if you can offer something that's worth a hundred quid or hundred pound a month, or there's so many, you've got to, I know James Osborne talked about that. JC, I forget, I can't pronounce it. That company that do the, um, Oh, JC Devereux, they do the yeah. bus stops. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. unbelievable. They took a lot of old derelict bus stops and put yeah, yeah, yeah. and they turned into like a billion dollar industry. But they, they already had the, the two things. They just put them together. And that, I just think it's that blue sky thinking that. that oh, yeah, totally. And I think, it's, I think it's important that if businesses do things like that, and this is what, what we're trying to analyze, are we doing it just because it's quiet? Or are we doing it because it adds real value to what we are as a business? Because if you think, right, I've got an amazing idea and it's only an amazing idea now and not in two years time, then you're never going to, it's never going to be part of who you are as a business. It's never going to like bleed into the values that you have as a business. So what we're trying to do is, 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 is yeah, look at the opportunities that we, that we are presented with, 
but also acknowledge that there's still going to be opportunities to, to monetize services perhaps or just play a part in someone's career three years in the future just like it is, is you are now. right that career consultancy piece is quite exciting it's more it's more of a partner a long-term partnership isn't it than just uh we'll, we'll we'll do one thing for you once totally yeah i mean i've got the notes down in front of me i was, I was brainstorming for us it's 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 a trilateral approach so it's our colleagues it's our candidates it's our clients you know how can we work with them and i see some really impressive people out there that that you know touch on the point you made that do charge for career advice and I'm not, I'm not suggesting that we now change our business and we don't do recruitment, but you're right, you know, the, the, all the areas in, in the recruitment cycle, if you're only interested in the big ticket ones, then sometimes you're going to win big and sometimes you're going to lose. But actually, by picking up some of the smaller responsibilities and, and, and you may, maybe the, the, the smaller tasks, you're building brand recognition. You know, I, there's, there's a gentleman I'm working with at the moment, he's a director of transformation in the utilities business. And he had never heard of us 18 months ago, but now he's, you know, he's told me that wherever he goes, he's going to work with us. And all I've done is he's done a podcast with him and I've, I've you know, I've, I've, I've taken the time to, to, to try and do what I can do. And it's, you know, it's, you can't be everything to everyone. No. And we, we've got to be very careful. We, as in perhaps consult energy or just the wider recruitment sector that we don't try and bite off too much. No, but just productization of what we do. Like, yeah, I think yeah, totally. getting away from this black book, we 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 do a deal. We we, we you know we, we do it in a way that it's a dark art kind of thing. It's it's yeah. nonsense, right? You can list the you can list the the, the services a recruitment agency does typically in in a bullet point format, and you can work out roughly what that takes in terms of manpower, time on an average basis. And you can work out how you can charge for all of those sections so that if someone says, I want to pay 20% and you want 25%, you can turn around and say, cool, well, you, what, 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 what am I taking out of it? Like, where's the scope? You've took, you've took 5% of a 25%. So you've took 20% of my, my fee away. Yeah. What, what, what 20% don't you want? Like, there's a list. Pick oh, it. Yeah, 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 of course. A tech, a tech company, they don't give you the pro package for the, for the starter cost. They fucking tell you piss off, <laughs> and it's, it's 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 no different to anything you want no, to do. The only right? way the only way it can be done, Rich, is when it's niche. That's the only way because if you're yeah, too yeah, yeah. generic, you, you're already competing with everyone. You haven't got any USPs, so if you go in there and start pulling away, someone else will take your food. Whereas if you're super niche, you're fucking awesome. You know your market. You can demand credit. You can show credibility and empathy in that space. You can do it, and that that's exciting. You guys sound like you're in a, a really interesting space. I was, uh, you know, time. We haven't got much more time, but. I want to get you and Kevin back in in a few months, and let's see Definitely. let's see how this cog evolves, and if it uh, if it makes it, and when you're in Boston as well, let's see how that that lands. Yeah, I th- you know, there's there's every now and then I'll stop and think there's lots to be excited about. You know, there's 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 some changes to our business that we think will will make us more bulletproof. There's, I mean, we're not even touched on all the exciting areas within utilities. You know, the the whether you're looking at electric vehicles, battery storage, you know, every, it's just huge. And when you turn on the news and you see that billions are being pumped into clean energy, and that's my only hope is that we come out of this and people appreciate the impact, the positive impact it's had on the environment and be like, yeah, you know what, let's get more wind farms or, or you know, let's use more renewable energy because there could be an absolute revolution uh, in, in that space. And what I wouldn't want is for the government to turn and go, oh, well, actually, we we got to spend the money somewhere else now because you look around the world, the US being being one of them, the amount of 
money that's being pumped into building wind farms because they've got all i mean they've got so much coastline and it, it's a problem that's not going away you can try to push the back of your mind about you know climate change and whatever it might be or carbon footprint it's not going away you know it's something that we we as as a country have to approach and there's been talks about retraining a lot of the unemployed that will be everywhere after this pandemic in you know to get them into industries that, that can help with renewable energy so yeah you know hopefully when we speak next we'll have a clearer understanding of you know what the cogs in our business look like and people will be more bought into their responsibility to each other as much as the business rather than them just being an island but yeah it's really enjoyed the conversation and thanks for having me on Always, mate. Always a pleasure. Thanks so much. And guys, I hope you enjoyed another episode of the Rag Report. Um, that, uh, that, the, the, I think the, the, the message I'm getting in the last week has been that the, the signs are, are good. The, the signs are, the, the, the market is changing. People are starting to see a bigger job flow, a bit more confidence. Obviously, getting an announcement yesterday from Boris that six people in the UK now can come together in gardens and stuff is, is, it's exciting. I know it's really simple stuff. It's basic, but it means a lot. And I, I really hope that you guys, benefiting from it that you're that you're enjoying um the, the, the slight improvements to to how we live and that your businesses are starting to bounce back in, in in the best way possible if you've enjoyed today's show do me a favor um share it with, with someone who needs it someone in your business someone you know every time we share it more people listen more people pass it on it's as an industry we're coming out of this stronger um i'll be back again tomorrow with more insights from another leader in our sector in the meantime stay safe and i'll see you soon this podcast is brought to you by Hoxo Media. We are the world's number one inbound marketing agency exclusively focused on helping the recruitment industry. Myself and my business partner started the business in 2017, having been recruiters for seven years before. We felt that the recruitment industry back then needed to change and that marketing was going to play a huge role in the way that new and existing recruitment organizations won business and stood out in such a crowded marketplace. In three years, we've now worked with over 200 organizations around the world. We reach a huge audience with both this podcast and content online. And we have over 55 recruitment agencies right now. We're managing the marketing for. So that involves strategy, content creation, distribution, systems, process, and leads generated. Having been recruiters and marketeers, we can not only build your brand, but we're also able to connect it to your sales team and ensure that leads are generated as a result of marketing. There's a clear ROI that leads to sales activity. But we also understand recruitment businesses. That's small businesses, medium-sized businesses, large businesses in all sectors. We understand you, we've done the job, and we can build campaigns that are super relevant to what you need as a business right now. We've also recently launched the Hoxo Academy, which is designed to help recruitment owners, recruiters and marketeers learn from the work that we do so that you can action some of this stuff in-house on your own. The Academy has been launched in May 2020 and has already had an amazing uh, response from the market and it's only going to grow one way. So if you're interested in either having Hoxo support, you build your marketing as a, as a supplier that acts as part of your team or you want to be trained by us on how to do it yourself, then get in touch. Visit www.hoxomedia.com and register your interest on our homepage. We will then get back to you within 24 hours and arrange uh, an introductory call. Thanks again for listening to this show. Every single one of you means so much and we will see you again soon.